Welcome to The Haber Show. This week's guest, you've heard him on here before. It's Stephen Curry's trainer, Brandon Payne of Accelerate Basketball. We'll catch up about how Steph's off-season workouts have gone, what kind of shape he's in, and yes, there is a muscle watch here. Apparently, Steph is much bigger, stronger, and faster than he has been. We'll also talk about the Jamal Murray comps that I've been hearing a lot about and what Brandon is seeing from the bubble. Guys like Jamal Murray and Tyler Hero. Uh, Really great stuff here with Brandon Payne. Always good to catch up with him and hear about how things are going in a pandemic and a non-social distance friendly sport like basketball where guys like Stephen Curry can't play five on five every day in the offseason like they normally do. So we'll talk about that and just kind of hear what he thinks about Stephen Curry's career and how long he might play. Lots of good stuff. So without further ado, Brandon Payne. Brandon Payne, it's been a while since we've talked. Um, We did a story together, I think, at the outset of the coronavirus uh, pandemic, and things were looking pretty scary at that point. And I hadn't talked to you in a while, um, but now that Jamal Murray's lighting, you know, people on fire <laughs> in the bubble and uh, Tyler Hero's doing incredible things for the Miami Heat, I got a question last night about, from, from Bay Area, NBC Sports Bay Area, do the Jamal Murray, Stephen Curry comps make sense to you? And I hadn't heard from you in a while, and then you texted me last night, <laughs> and I was like, man, we got to get Brandon back on the pod, yeah. I have to talk to you. So uh, how are you doing, first of all, and um, how, how's everything with, with you know, your, your business and the uh, training side? Yeah, I'm doing great. Uh, thanks for asking. I had both, uh, both of my hips replaced um, about <laughs> thir- 13 weeks ago now, so uh, I, I took advantage of the downtime to get my hips taken care of, so it was quite interesting uh, going from a double hip replacement to on the court with Stephen Curry in about a six week period. So that was, that was a little bit of a learning process for me, but that that's gone well. And uh, I hope you weren't so, having to guard him after double. Hip. I, I wasn't, I was not. Uh, I went back and watched myself walking in some of the, the early workout footage and I'm a lot better now than I was then. I thought I was good then until I really went back and watched it, but you know, I've gotten a lot better. So that that part's done well business in terms of the youth basketball business is is leveling a little bit and uh but as far as you know our nba stuff it's it's being creative and it's being challenging in terms of challenging the players but also being safe making sure we're following the proper protocols so it, it there's just another level of thinking this year uh about everything that we're doing and uh so it's it's been uh it's been good. I mean, it's forced us to grow. It's forced us to learn more. Uh, and we're definitely learning about how germs and things and, you know, fly around the room. So um, it was an adjustment at first because we all had uh, NFL receiver gloves on trying to throw passes. And we had to experiment with some different gloves and things because those weren't, they were too tacky and uh, the balls were sticking in the coach's hands, our trainer's hands to get, get the players. So I got some Wake uh, Forest football gloves if you need them. These were like those. <laughs> yeah. I don't know that they're, uh, they're, they're quite as good as the Wake Forest ones, but they were, they were like that. They were very sticky. Uh, but it's, it's been a process, but it's been a good one. We've learned and we've grown from it. I mean, you can take it as a, a complete negative if you, if you want to, but mm-hmm. I mean, we've chosen to kind of take the other path of, of making sure we're learning from everything and, and moving forward. So how's Steph doing? He's actually doing great. Um, you know, we were able to, 
because we had so much downtime due to the, the hand injury, we were able to really jump right into things a little bit more so than we would in a normal offseason. So what that meant for us is that we had to be more intelligent about how we were planning our work week in terms of how many consecutive days do we work, how many days off do we take, what pace do we work at. So, you know, this year it's been much more of a collaborative effort with myself and the Warrior Strength Conditioning staff. In the past, you know, we've had a true kind of break from the Warrior staff because they needed some time off as well. This year we don't have that, and we have a very unique calendar. So it's very important that we're being more collaborative and we're working together. So basically planning – our on-court stuff based off of the strength conditioning schedule that we have that we're working off of and and doing it in a way that we're alternating some really high intensity days with some really low intensity high volume days making sure we're getting enough time off in between and his body's really growing his body's really responded of course he's shooting the basketball well from a cardiovascular standpoint, he's always in such you know great condition there, and he, he just never really gets out of shape. So he looks really good, really confident, really strong, and uh, I'm really pleased with where he is. He's also in a good place mentally. You know, he's had enough time with the kids, with the family, and you know he's able to balance things out a little bit. And uh, we're actually doing Zoom workouts right now because he's spending a little bit of time with his family in Toronto. So that's that's kind of how we're we're doing things right now. So when you go out and work out with him, I've seen a couple of videos of you working out with Damian Lee and Steph. Mm-hmm. Um, you're wearing a mask during the workouts and uh-huh. you're not Mike D'Antoni or Greg Popovich out there. So what, what are your precautions that you're, you are taking when you're working out with these athletes uh, to make sure that you're staying safe? And how did you come to that? Yeah, you know, we, we're just following basically the same things that the NBA has set forth in, in the, the facilities because, you know, when I first got out there, I got tested and, and went through the whole process and I stayed consistent with the testing. But just to make sure we're doing the right thing consistently, we've decided to wear masks all the way through this offseason. And we've decided that we're not going to do any guarding in terms of we're not going to get close to the players unless we have masks and gloves on. Um, we've brought in some additional equipment this year to use in place of what we would have dummy defenders doing. So we've got these, these big cones that are, you know, they're bigger than normal. And, uh, just to give the players a little bit of the same width and the same feel as what a defender would have, but we don't want to be, and I told my staff this in in the Bay area and and I've told my staff here in Charlotte, we don't want to be the reason that anybody's missing any time. We don't want to be the reason that anybody is is COVID positive. So we're, we're going to be very responsible and very safe about everything we do. We're taking everybody's temperature before they even get in the building, you know, and then once you're in the building, we've got hand sanitizer everywhere. Nobody's taking gloves off. Uh, the only time you see me not wearing gloves is when I'm not throwing passes. So uh, it's, it's, it's been an adjustment, but we have to be responsible and we have to make sure we're taking care of the players because uh, we don't want to be the reason they're taking anything back to their facility. That's for sure. Yeah, how are you able to map out your progressions when you don't know when the NBA season is going to start? It's difficult. Um, so, you know, we've, we've, we've kind of had to guesstimate along the lines here. You know, we kind of started off thinking, well, maybe we think Christmas Day is probably our go date. So we, we kind of decided that we were going to start uh, in the middle of July. So as soon as Stefan got done with the Celebrity Golf Tournament out in Reno, uh, out excuse me, Lake Tahoe, we, uh, we decided we were going to start the very next week. We kind of got into it for a couple weeks, and we're kind of moving along. And, you know, we, we sit down, and, and we're just kind of looking at each other. I'm like, man, 
Christmas is really close and they're still playing basketball. They're going to be playing basketball for a while. I don't know how realistic that is. And, and about that time is when we started hearing some rumblings that, Hey, this thing might get pushed back a little bit. So we adjusted our thought process to more of a, a training camp schedule that would fall somewhere mid to late January to early February. And that's how, that's what we're using as our kind of start date. Now, whether we're correct or not, I don't, I don't know. But just from what we're hearing, we think that that might be about the most accurate timeline. So based off of that, we're giving him, you know, some high intensity weeks, some lower intensity weeks and some weeks off now because we had started, you know, with this December timeline in mind. And now we don't need to do that. We need to back it down. And we, we've, we've kind of picked new new places on the calendar to really ramp things up. Should I look at the fact that it's possible that Stephen Curry doesn't play in a year NBA basketball? Is that a positive or negative? Um, it's a positive physically. You know, it's a positive in terms of you're not getting the additional wear and tear of the games. It's not the best thing in the world from just a staying sharp and, and staying mentally engaged uh, standpoint. Now, that doesn't mean that he's going to have any drop-off or anything like that. It's just we have to find different ways to really, really challenge him uh, in our workouts. And that doesn't always mean we're challenging him physically and pushing him to the limit. We have to find different ways to keep him mentally engaged and mentally competitive. So a lot of the shooting games and the shooting drills that we've used in the past that, you know, we kind of, you know, kept in a rotation. We've taken those same drills and we've actually taken them up a level and we're making them even more competitive. And, like and some of them are, uh, for, for instance, um, the volume within the games and the length of time. So a lot of the drills are designed to be done in like this 90 seconds to two and a half minute timeline, this time frame. And it involves consecutive makes or it involves, you know, a different sequence or pattern that we're following for that particular drill. So basically, I've expanded the number of shots in most of the games, but I've decreased the amount of time. I'm sure so he loves that. Got, yeah, he really he, he wasn't a fan of mine probably on workout three or four this summer because we had a tough one. But um, he's just like he always has. He's always, you know, met the challenge. He's always worked his way through it. And so once it, it, it took a workout or two to kind of get used to me being more unrealistic than I normally am. And he just adjusted and he's, and he's doing great. So, um, you know, we, we finished one of our first workouts, one of the first five workouts he did perfection, which is, uh, it ends up being 30 consecutive makes, but it's from all over the court and includes free throws. And we can't finish until you make those 30 consecutive shots. He got that done in less than three or four minutes. And usually it's what, like usually five, it's six? What, it's, Usually it's 20 shots in about the same amount of time, but I added oh. additional shots. To <laughs> You'd be a so, tough grader, man. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I mean, it, it's, it's, it's tough when you've got to tell the greatest shooter that ever lived and something's not good enough. And you know, that's, that's a tough position to be in. And I've learned over the years that, you know, you really have to come up with ways to challenge him that makes sense. You can't just be crazy and say, Oh, we're going to make, you know, a hundred shots and we're going to do it in, in four minutes. You know, you can't do anything crazy like that, but you have to find ways that challenge him that are borderline crazy, but also fall into the category of making sense to him as to why we're doing it. Um, so everything has to have a game, uh, you know, a game purpose. And, and so he's able to apply what we're doing to game situations very, very closely. We're also doing a lot of this warrior action stuff. So a lot of the things 
that he does specifically with what they're doing in the half court. We've created some games out of those actions just to get him extra reps with those footwork patterns and the movement patterns. Is he getting super antsy and motivated by watching Jamal Murray and, and Tyler Hero and all these other guys who are just showing out in the bubble and he just has to sit there and watch? Like Luca, you know, he's worked out with Luca and he had to watch Luca just blow people's minds there against the Clippers. Yeah. I don't know. He, he's enjoying watching it, I'll tell you that, because we, we do talk about watching. But we don't really talk too much about specific guys and, and what, it, what it does to them. But, you know, he wants to play. He's dying to play. I mean, just <laughs> like all of them are. And it, it's, it's one of those things where you've got to, you know, you've got to control your, your, your emotions a little bit because you can watch it and then really want to go out and bust it really hard in the next workout. But we have to keep in mind that we have a long road ahead of us that we can't you know, we can't get too far out in front of ourselves physically. So, but, you know, it, it's a lot of fun to watch those guys, especially, you know, a lot of the things that Jamal Murray's doing right now does remind me a lot of stuff. And I think more so, I think he's got a little bit of a different skill set, but it's just his confidence, the level of confidence that he's playing with right now. And I'd say the same thing about Tyler Hero. The level of confidence they're playing with right now really is approaching the level of confidence that Stefan plays with, which is really amazing for young guys like that. I mean, to be in a – I mean, it's not like you're playing seeding games right now. You know, you're not playing the final eight games of the regular season. These are games that really, really matter. And both of these young guys are are doing things explosively. And some of the things that Jamal Murray did last night in the mid-range and some of the things he did going to the basket were unreal. I mean, that, those, I mean those are things that yeah. you, those just don't happen. And you have to have a lot of confidence to even attempt some of the things he did last night to go with the – he's got an incredible skill level – um, he's an explosive athlete, and he really is a good athlete. Uh, I think he, he probably didn't get nearly the credit that he should get for being the type of athlete that he is. But same thing with Tyler Hero. I mean, they're both being very creative with how they're creating space. They're both shooting with a lot of confidence. They're taking the ball to the basket. They're scoring at all three levels. Those are the things you have to do to be very difficult to defend. And to be able to do that in the playoffs and do it knowing that it's going in. I, mean, I don't think I've seen Jamal Murray or Tyler Hero take a shot the past few weeks. They didn't know what's going in. I mean, they, they're letting it go knowing it's going in. It's pretty amazing. So you would talk a lot about, I think it's the term neurological efficiency. Is that? Yeah, neuromuscular efficiency. Neuro, neuromuscular efficiency. Yeah. Mm -hmm. What Jamal Murray is doing in the air on that one particular play, your, your spatial awareness has to be just dialed up to like 12 you know, Spatial and, awareness. Yeah, absolutely. And so the ability to like sense what LeBron's going to do and then to call audible like four times in the air and still know I got to put this much spin on the ball with my right hand to get it up over the rim and into the basket. That's stuff that you've been preaching for years is just the ability to slow time down and be able to react neuromuscularly. Yeah, there's a lot going on there. And to have not only the, the awareness, but the skill level, the body control, the ability to create the power to get off the ground long enough to do those things. Um, and I can't do just, that. I can't get off. Yeah, the, everything else there, Brandon, I got, but I can't get off the it. ground. That that's, much. The, that, that's the one thing that's not there for you. <laughs> yeah. You know, so, but th there's a lot going on there and you can tell that he's kind of got that same processor, that same learning processor that Stefan has, right? So the one thing that Steph does as well, if not better than anybody, is he learns possession by possession. He's like uh, artificial intelligence, right? I mean, he's learning 
what you're taking away, what's available, and he begins to exploit things that are there as the game goes on. I think you're seeing some similar traits from Jamal Murray in that way. Now, again, it's a different skill set. He's a completely different player. I don't want to get into, you know, comparing one to the other. Um, you know, it's not – I think uh, Malone said it best, it's not really fair to eat either guy because they're, they're – you know, Stefan's so accomplished and Jamal's so young. But you're seeing some similarities in terms of, you know, their, their confidence level, how they're learning within the game, and then how they're reacting to what they're learning. It's very, very impressive. And, again, to do it in the Western Conference Finals against one of the greatest players ever, I mean, that, that, that takes it up another, another level right there. All right, let's take a quick break to hear about a podcast that should be in your rotation. This is Mike Tirico introducing you to Sports Uncovered. When I lose the sense of motivation and the sense of to prove something as a basketball player, it's time for me to move away from the game of basketball. Quote, unquote, I'm back. I'm back. The two-word facts from Michael Jordan announcing the most famous comeback in NBA history. That's the most impactful two words ever. Don't miss an episode. Subscribe to Sports Uncovered for free wherever you listen to podcasts. Now, back to the conversation. Let's talk about footwork because when he does the spin moves and also like the Euro steps that people think are travels, you know, first blush when you see it and then you slow it down. And then like Reggie Miller and Chris Weber, whoever it is, you're just like, that's not a travel. That's just great footwork. Then you watch Tyler Hero doing the same sort of lateral movements where He's, he's moving fast, but he's almost like timing his movements where he's just plodding around the floor. Sure. And it reminds me of that classic Steph play where he's, uh, you know, taking Kawhi Leonard into the corner and just sidesteps to the, to the corner. And just the lateral movements is what's really changing with these explosive athletes. It's not mm-hmm. so much they're getting point A to point B. It's that they're, they're moving side to side around defenders and just creating space in ways that I guess James Harden does a great job of this. Michael Porter Jr. is doing a great job of it. Correct. Is that the next frontier is, is these step is. backs and sidesteps and how Michael it Porter is an, yeah, Michael Porter is another young man. I've had the opportunity to work with some. And, um, you know, I, I think that, you know, Stefan really made that, kind of popular to be able to create space side to side. And the one thing that we did, it seems like forever ago now, but the one thing we did after the first playoff appearance that Stefan had uh, is we decided, you know, we had to be able to create space in all directions and all angles. So if you, if you took an aerial view of an offensive player like Stefan and you basically put the face of a clock down on top of it, you have to be able to create space to 12 o'clock, six o'clock. One, you know, you got to be able to go to all different spots and you have to have a footwork and ball handling package that can get you to all those spots. And what you're seeing is you're seeing these younger players that it's not all that new to them because they were working on these things when Stefan was first doing them. So now you've got guys like Jamal Murray and Tyler Hero and Michael Porter, that that's been a part of their workouts now for five or six years. And, and so, you know, a guy like Tyler, I think he's still 20, maybe 21. And he's 20. And Jamal, Murray, and yeah. Jamal Murray's 22, maybe 23. So you're looking at, you know, 
for five or six years of, of 22 years, they've been working on these things. So they get really good in terms of being able to, you know, change speeds with their feet and change speeds with the ball. So that your feet can speed up, but the ball can slow down. So you can continue to control your defender just based off of what the ball is doing, but your feet can be doing a lot of different things. It's kind of like the, the old duck analogy. You know, the duck is floating along on the water, looks all calm up top, but he's going crazy underneath the water. It's kind of the same idea. So the ball can slow the defender down up here because the, the defender starts to look at what the ball in the upper body is doing, but the feet are very active and vice versa. You can speed the ball up and slow the feet down. Uh, these guys have worked on it for so long now that it, it's so smooth and it's just, it's, you know, they're controlling their defenders with it. And, and it's amazing to watch because these are, these are not bad defenders they're scoring against. These are very, very good defenders and very big and fast defenders they're doing this to. Now, one thing um, I keep getting asked about, and I don't really know how to answer it, is, is this legit, Jamal Murray? Is this, like, his new normal? And sure. the bubble really throws things for a loop where I just don't know how much of this is the environment, how much of this is just the rest that they're getting where they're not traveling all the time. And just the same basket, the same arena, essentially every single night, and you get your body, you know, gets used to it. Is Jamal Murray going to be a forty-seven percent three-point shooter going forward? I don't think so. It's it's hard for me to believe that this sample, what we're seeing, is the new normal for him. He's a career what thirty-five, thirty-six percent three-point shooter. Um, a lot of this is not open looks; they're tough shots, deep three-pointers, side-to-side movements, but you know, considering that these guys were off for three, four months and they get the rest here, is it more likely that these bubble scenarios are actually the new normal is that we're almost seeing like an, an off season of work going into this, this new restart, or are you just a little skeptical that what we're seeing from a lot of these young guys is going to be transferable into next year? Yeah. I don't, I don't know if skeptical is the right word, but I mean, I think there's definitely going to be a, a prove it element to the next regular season they play. And that's not to say that, that Jamal Murray's not what he's showing because I, I think he is now, is there something to the fact that they're not traveling? Probably. Is there something to the fact that you're shooting on the same baskets, the same backdrops each night? Maybe, but you know, he's shooting 47. Now he was shooting 35 before. If he comes back and shoots 42 or 41, that's still a pretty big jump. Huge so, jump. you know, so th there's still th the improvement is still there. And I think the same can be said for Tyler Hero. I mean, you know, guys, you, it's very easy to kind of get into a rhythm in the bubble because you do have these rhythmic days, right? I mean, you got game day off day game day off day and, and you're, you kind of your the creatures body, a habit this has to yeah. be advantageous to them is that like every day I know the rhythms and so and then you have to think about the rhythm within the day too so on a game day you know you've got shoot breakfast shoot around lunch massage nap and it kind of stays that way and and so you, you do get kind of comfortable in the rhythm and and you know being in the same environment night after night is certainly I mean, I know if I shot in the same environment, he's not, I'd probably shoot it well too. I don't have, you know, Anthony Davis closing out on me though, but you know, so there, there's, there's both sides to it there, but you know, definitely I think you're seeing new, you know, some, some new elements to, to this game, to Jamal's game and to, to Tyler Hero's game. But you know, you want to, you will want to see how things go in the next 82 game stretch when things get back to normal. Now, will next season be normal? I don't know we might be playing in a series of bubbles next year. So, I mean, it, it might be a while before we get to that proof of point that he might be, 
the MVP by that point, you know, so it might be, it might be moot by then, but um, he's definitely, definitely playing uh, at another level specifically from a confidence standpoint. You've worked with Cam Reddish. Uh, you had that workout mm-hmm. with Damian Lee. Um, but what, what are some of the things that you're talking to these younger guys about how the NBA is changing or things that you're really stressing this offseason versus, you know, three years ago? Well, the, the thing that I'm really stressing with, with those guys, um, both of them, is to really make sure that they're taking this time and working with their teams and getting a really good understanding of exactly what their teams want them to work on going into next year, because we have more time to do things. So this offseason, we can work on the things that each individual needs as well as the team needs. You know, sometimes the offseason is really short, especially when you're dealing with guys like Steph and Damian, whose team has been playing into the finals year after year. So you're really dealing with the, you know, like a nine week window that you got to get a lot of stuff done this year. We've got time so we can take the time and say, okay, let's really take, you know, with cam, we can really say, Hey, what, you know, what do the Hawks want to do? And what are the ways that we can create some better communication between you and the coaching staff? And and how can we facilitate some more of the skill work that you need to have done with me while you're, you're in Atlanta, you know, so we, we really have the time to figure things out and, and work through a lot of different scenarios this year that we haven't had in the past. And that, that part I've actually enjoyed, especially for a younger guy like Cam, who's just immensely talented physically. I mean, he's unbelievably talented and, and, you know, he's getting, more and more comfortable but you know there's there some other things that you know you have to put in place for him to be ultimately comfortable and I think now we have the time to work on those things and I think you'll see a different player from him um, because he's he's had the time to really reflect on the 60 some odd games that they played last year he took each one of those as a learning experience and, and really get the feedback from the Hawks not only the, the coaching staff but from the performance staff and from the front office and, and put all that stuff into play and into a really nicely packaged workout program. Stephen Curry is 32 years old now. Yeah. How long do you think he plays for? As long as he wants. Oh, come on. He's, <laughs> you know, it's, it's one of those things and I've talked about this in the past, speaking of Bay area with guys like uh, I've talked about with Greg Papa in the past out there and, you know, he's a young 32 right and so he's still gaining strength he's still gaining power he's still getting faster those aren't really things you see out of guys that are 32 years old but he's still doing it um he's still refining movement movement patterns and and all athletes develop at different speeds you know lebron right when lebron was 22 23 like that was that was lebron right i mean he was there you know, and he was there. Physically, naturally. he was, yeah. He was, he was all there. Yeah. And I mean, so he might have been there at, at 17, man. Like, he, he could have, yeah. But, you know, his game has continued to evolve and develop as he's, as he's yeah. moved on. You know, with Steph, it's been a little bit of a different process because not only is his skill level evolving continually, but his body is still developing. And, and that's, that's a rare thing for a guy at 32 in the NBA. So that's why I say if he, he's got a, he's got a lot left. And, that's not just me saying that because I'm his friend and I'm his trainer. That's, that's me being honest. And he's, you know, if, if you, if you saw him right now physically, and I know we don't put a whole lot out there on, on Instagram, there's reasons we don't, but if you saw him right now, physically, he's getting even more chiseled than he's been in the past. And, you know, he's getting stronger than he's been in the past and he's moving with fluidity that we haven't seen from him. So in a is that because kind of, of time back, off or is it because it's just there's, natural? There's some of that. 
time off, the extended period of time to work on movement mechanics, the extended period of time to work on power development, those things have certainly helped him. But it's way too early in the game to be trying to see where the where the end is because I, he's just got a lot left. Because he's, he's got a lot of improving left to do. I see guys like Cal Korver and J.J. Redick, uh, Ray Allen, these elite of elite shooters, and they have really long careers that they can play sure. until they're 40 years old. But they don't quite have Steph's game where sure. – Steph is ball handling, moving without the ball. And in and, and a lot of the Tyler Hero actions that I see, I'm just like, man, he's he's moving away from the ball just like just like Stefan, where you take your if you fall asleep for even a half a second. And so Steph's Steph's working, I guess Reddick is an, is a similar uh off the ball weapon, but it's just, man, um, I don't think we know how guys like Stephen Curry age beyond those like specialists those shooters that are specialists but I guess Steve Nash is another example of a guy who had the ball in his hands and had a long tail end to his career sure you know I think that maybe of that group you mentioned you know Ray Allen early in his career was an attacking guy he did some things attacking the basket and he was able to kind of you know change his game as as he aged you know Steph is there's a lot of movement there there's a lot of ball there's a lot of space creation so I, I don't think that I don't think that that stuff's going to go away for him anytime soon, but if he chose to, he can certainly play much longer than even that ability would allow him to, because he's such a good shooter that, you know, he could just keep, you know, he could line up in the corner there for as many years as he I mean, wants. You get Dell out there and Dell's still, I, <laughs> man, I, I think Dell can still play right now. I mean, it, it, you know, <laughs> if, if somebody was in a pinch and needed a shooter in the corner, Dell could still do it. And the Hornets might need it. The Hornets might need it this year. Hey, they 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 could use some shooting for sure. Um, but yeah, it's it's one of those things where you're you're watching Steph in workouts, and it's hard to believe that he's going to be like a year plus with just like three actual games under his belt. Yeah, that was a little bit concerning when I started kind of looking at you know how many months it really is since since Game Six of the Finals last year, right? I mean, you're looking at. You know, that was the middle of June last year. We're already 12 months past that. You played four games. And we still have, I mean, we're getting right ahead. We've got October, November, December, January, February. You know, we still have a little bit more time here. So, and that kind of goes back to why, you know, I've adjusted some of the shooting stuff that we're doing, some of the games to be even more competitive and more challenging than normal to kind of create that game mental state that you have to be in to be competitive in the NBA. So we're doing things to, to kind of offset the amount of time to keep them ready. Um, so I'm not overly concerned about it. Hey, did you see Wake Forest sign a couple of uh, really good point guards recently? Did you see that? You see that? I, saw, I, I see that. I we got a that. British point guard who's, I guess, the number one basketball player in England. So, like, I guess that's good. Hey. Hey, he's an ACC level player, according to Wake Forest. <laughs> so you, bet, you and your Carolina boys better watch out. Yeah. By the way, our password today was the best one I've ever uh, I've, I've ever come across for the uh, for our, our meeting here. That was great. Yeah, I don't I don't know what I can't remember what it was for all my uh, my uh, school no, from Durham re- yeah. listeners out there. The school for, it was Duke sucks. <laughs> <laughs> that was a good one. I, I was I was feeling one. like uh, we we needed to bond over over our uh, our, our hated rival or our shared villain. Um, the crazy thing is I've ended up working with more Duke guys than Carolina guys man. throughout my career. I've had Gerald Henderson, Seth Curry. I've had Cam Reddish. I think I'm forgetting one or two others, but I, I've had, I've had my share of Duke guys. You know, cause they're, they're generally 
really great guys and they're really good at basketball. They're all Dame great Battier guys. was like when I was covering the Heat, like he he was my guy there, and I've you know done a bunch of stuff with JJ Redick, and it just feels so weird to uh, like I don't I'm not like super close with a bunch of weight guys. I am with Duke guys, yep. and it's so yep. so bizarre. Chris Duhon was another guy I've worked with. So I mean, I've had my my. See, you're yeah. right. They mm-hmm. they've all been to my chagrin. Great guys, because you want you want them to not be great guys. You know, you want them to be <laughs> your hate. You know, you want them you want them to be. You know, you want to find a reason to not like them. But they're all great guys, all super hard workers, and they were all very good players. So it's it's been a been a joy to work with them. Unfortunately. Well, uh, you are back in Charlotte, yes, or in Charlotte mm-hmm. area. Yeah, um, I'm in Charlotte here. Yeah. Well, we will have to meet up again sometime soon, um, and you can put me through some of these dribbling drills that I'll I'll fail horribly at. Um, I'd love to do it. But uh, hey, great great talking, catching up with you, and uh, best of luck the rest of the off season with Stefan and the and the crew. I appreciate, it, man. Thanks for your time. All right, that'll do it this week on the Haber Show. I want to thank Brandon Payne for joining me, um, and really cool to hear about Stephen Curry's workouts and how those are going. I think he's going to be awesome next year um, with a guy like that. Those kind of miles with those runs to the championships, I just think he's going to look super fresh, um, and he's the type of player who uh, is probably watching these games with a little bit, little bit of motivation to get back on there. And don't forget to rate, review, subscribe on whatever platform you listen to podcasts. Um, And as a reminder, we are now on Amazon Music. So if you prefer that platform to wherever you're listening to it now, go check it out. Uh, And until next time, The Haber Show. (laughs) 